Ulterior. Season three, isn't it? We actually straight up fucking did it. We made it. I don't know how we made it. I don't know why we made it. I don't know why you guys are still here fucking with the kid when all he does is just ramble and waffle about weird ass scene music, but you have proven time and time again that for whatever reason, you care. And that's fucking sick. I have a lot of things I can say. I feel like I might wait on it and just uh, let this episode breathe and let the, the material speak for itself. So yeah, I'm not going to go on and on too long with this intro. Just again, thank you guys so much. Uh, the turnout for the year-end stuff, both records and songs, was actually incredible. Like you guys really did tap in and it made a difference in my motivation and dedication to those series. So genuinely from the bottom of my heart, guys, fucking thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And if you tapped in for any of those installments, I hope you do the same for the regular season throughout this year into year-end awards come this December and whatever I do from then on out. But until that happens, let's just focus on the here and the now and what is happening here for week one of Ulterior 2023, season three. Let's get it. So we got brand new singles from the likes of Shrezzers, Abyss Watching Me, Bayside, and a couple of others I want to get through, and then brand new records from Body Thief, Pale Skin, and Mayfield. So yeah, thanks everybody. Stay tapped in and enjoy this episode. So as season three commences, I want to kind of just mention what is changing, what is staying the same. Uh, if you have been observant of, of Ulterior on social media the last couple of days, you would see that the layout for the designs have changed. So everything looks different. Uh, the logo, the backdrop, all of it, I've changed. And that was a strategic thing. I intended to always change the layout yearly. We'll see how that goes from here on out. But at least for right now, yes, that is different. Um, the iteration mascot say the same. She will always be the same, honestly. Um, the intro song right now, Moiré by Lost Trees, that say the same. I theoretically would have liked in, in some regards to get a new intro song, but Moiré means a lot to me on a personal level because of what I was going through back when I first heard that song. And then I actually have permission from the band Lost Trees themselves to be using that song. And that means a lot to me because I'm just some fucking weirdo who reached out on Twitter. Like they had no reason to say yes, but they did. So I kind of want to keep that and just, you know, make that song proud and do it justice and expand it to a new audience if I can possibly do that. And as far as the podcast itself goes... Something that I tried doing towards the end of season two was incorporating news subjects into the weekly episode. So I would start off before getting into the singles about uh, whatever happened in the world that interested me, you know, pop culture, entertainment, whatever. The thing that kind of, uh, not kind of, very, very much so soured me on that idea was how much bad shit actually happens in that medium. And thus, I had this self-imposed responsibility to just relay a bunch of depressing topics that I didn't want to get into and like we're not even a full week into 2023 yet and if I followed the news coverage stuff then 
In this episode, I would have had to have mentioned Damar Hamlin and Jeremy Renner and Ken Block. And it's just, it's a lot on me, man, to just kind of go through that stuff. Like, I, you know, part of my degree from college was done in journalism. And I knew from those classes and uh, activities that news coverage is not something that I want to get into because I don't really want to talk about super depressing shit all the time. And I feel like when you cover the news, that's kind of what you end up doing. And by omitting the news stuff from here on out, yes, I am, uh, you know, missing out on opportunities to talk about things within television and movies and anime and video games that I really want to. But ultimately, I want this podcast to be an escape from the bad shit that goes on in the real world. So, I'm not saying that I will never do news coverage at the start of an episode again, but at least for right now and into the foreseeable future, that is something that I'm going to leave behind in season two. And yeah, that kind of summarizes everything that I wanted to before getting into the singles. And for this week, um, the singles and the records, the period of evaluation span from December 10th until January 1st. And I say December 10th because that was the day after the cutoff for season two. So anything released from December 10th through January 1st is what is being discussed today. And the first single up, the first number one ranked song for the year in Scenic Overlook, thus being entered into the Top 100 Song series for season three, it is Inner Beauty by Abyss Watching Me featuring Kellen Quinn from Sleeping of Sirens. For full transparency, this is not entirely a brand new song. So, Inner Beauty was part of NYX, which was the Abyss Watching Me record from 2022, an album that I didn't actually review. So, this is my first time mentioning Inner Beauty. What separates this version from the one on the album is not just the Kellen feature, but also the instrumentation and the like pacing of this song is very different from how it was on the album so it's slightly faster i feel like the mixing on this single version is a lot better than how it was on nyx so that is an element that really made me look at this new version of inner beauty and think hey abyss watching me you know for a band that i have kind of been tapped into but not really this is exactly what is going to get me to be fully on board with this band because this song is fucking tremendous. I think the adjustments made to it kind of give Inner Beauty this almost like an anime opening style uh, and a vibe to it. It was just something that I picked up on and it did a lot to really help cement this track in my mind as being something really worth gassing up and really worth just, you know, praising and telling you all that this is a song that you need to go out of your way to hear. Kellen, he just hands out feature spots seemingly, but with Abyss Watching Me and with Inner Beauty, he is able to just take what is already, you know, really, really extraordinary about this song and just amplify it, dude. Like, Kellen is a fucking star on this track, like he is on so many of his endeavors. And Inner Beauty is the kind of song that ever since I first heard it, uh, it's really not been able to leave me. I think this track is something that can really you know, cement a spot on this year's list, not just like for the fact that it has to be on there because of Scenic Overlook, but it is going to make an impact this year. And Inner Beauty is just a quintessential song and something that I think really acts as the, uh, the biggest highlight 
of Abyss Wachimi's career, so far at least. Speaking of future spots, we got Michael Barr from Volumes on the brand new Shrezer song called Libertad. I never have as many opportunities to talk about Scherzer's on this show as I really wish I had because them boys be hooping for real for real and they have been since I first heard Spotlight fucking six years ago now. I think like six years ago this week was actually when it dropped. Um, They are on this amazing singles run right now. So there was uh, Demure featuring Lucas from Villa Maya and then UVB76 featuring CJ from There Is Murder and now Michael from Volumes gets on a track and the like additional layering and flavor of sorts that he's able to bring to Libertad is something really extraordinary and elevates his song from being already great to like truly generational and I think everything that makes Treasures who they are is present in this track you get the very chaotic energy you get those really like groovy and uh, amazing harmonies and the melody in the chorus the trumpets that come in later on like everything that makes treasures who they are builds the foundation of libertad and it is one of my favorite treasure songs to date anything that this band does is gold Anytime they do something, my mood is instantly elevated, and I really, 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 really wish that there are more, like plenty more opportunities this year for me to tell you guys about the brilliance and genius displayed by Shrezzers. There was a brand new single by Bayside titled, Go to Hell. For a band that's been in the game for a minute now, I think Bayside have this real, like, addictive nature to them, to the point where it doesn't matter how old they are, how long I've been listening to them for, they can put out something like Go to Hell, and my attention is still there as if it was 2005 and 2006 and whatever else. They had an EP a couple months ago, I didn't go in detail on it, the red, but I thought it was... A really cool showcasing for Bayside and especially to kind of remind all of us like how fucking good they really can be and Go to Hell accomplishes the same thing. The build up and the way that this song is kind of paced, it's very intricately laid out and it is something that kind of like really aligns with the consistency of Bayside and how they've been able to like never really once feel like a tired act, despite, again, being kind of older in the scene. Um, the chorus on Go to Hell is especially just so catchy, and the way that it's able to wrap itself around my brain, I feel like Bayside, whenever they want control over me, they've got it, and that is an element that not many bands contemporary to them in the time frame have. So Bayside, definitely an act that whatever they do this year, I'm tapped in. Let's talk about Andres for a second because he's got a new single out called Cardigans and Split Ends. I 
I don't know if I would say Andres is one of my favorite acts in the scene, but whenever I hear something new from him, I kind of have that moment of like, yo, he just like me for real. Because anytime this fucking guy opens his mouth, it just, it's relaying what my cat just hit me with his fucking tail. That's what that sound was. If you guys like heard something really weird, uh, Levi, don't be doing that, please. Okay, you can do it. Um, what was I saying about Andres? Uh, oh, yeah, he just like me for real, for real. Um, this guy is able to kind of take like these very brooding thoughts that I have in my own brain and put them out into a song that has this really like joyous feel to it, despite nothing about it actually being joyous. And that brutal honesty by Andres is something that I think really is unique to himself and the songwriting capabilities on his end and the lyricism, everything is just like so, um, like chaotic while being, again, kind of catchy and pop inspired. And it's just something that I don't associate with anybody but Andres. And that's a big reason why whenever he does something, I pay attention and I have this, uh, attachment to and I feel so drawn to whatever he's doing. And Cardigans and Split Ends is another instance of all that. Just again, very, Dark, but not dark. Evil, but not evil. Genuinely mesmerizing. And if there are more chances this year to talk about Andres, I feel like I'm going to say that again. The final single I'm going to go in detail on comes from Malfoy, and it is Away. This is actually really cool for myself because a year ago when I did the first episode of Free Season 2, one of the albums I discussed was the Malfoy record called Hollow Throne. And something I remember about that album was really being so into the opening song, Everything. And then the material thereafter was just kind of... I felt like it left a lot to be desired coming out of that song that I thought was just so masterful in its execution of everything. And the two prior singles for Malfoy, Coming Home and The Mask, kind of think the same thing. As far as, like, being a little bit disappointed when I know that Malfoy had that dog in them and they can really put out something memorable. Thankfully, Away is the correct step and the necessary step forward for Malfoy. And for something like this to be able to be one of the more extraordinary songs I heard in the last couple of weeks... I think that that really says something, considering that I thought there was a lot of good material out in these past few weeks. Away is kind of able to take what Malfoy had already been doing and not really refine it, not really push it forward, but just kind of take what has worked for them and do exactly just that. Find a way to make it work. Just this kind of metalcore song that, again, doesn't do anything super interesting. It's not going to change the genre, but it does what it needs to well enough. And sometimes that's all you have to accomplish to really stick with me and be something that I can get on the show and gas up. These were the remaining singles that I gave either a 4 or a 5 to in the reviews on social media. Dangerous by Aviva. Heart by Chemical Youth. Stuck Here Waiting by Ghost Seeker. Who We Are by Ghost Seeker. Fork in the Road by Goody Grace. Time Shift by Maybe Someday and Someone to Me by Soft Cult. 
So there were a few songs that I kind of thought maybe weren't really hitting that well. One of them being Hillside by Cody's featuring Raren. I give that a three. That hurts because I actually really fuck with Cody's. I think he has done a lot of incredible work in the past with Hillside. I don't hear any of the intangible elements that really make his material so special. It's just kind of a whatever song, and it felt like it was kind of like coasting by and just like, you know, like it felt like the effort wasn't really there on this song. And I'm not tripping over it because I know that Codis is going to bounce back and he'll do amazing things uh, still. But for this one song, just not really hitting. Um, same notion applies to I Could Die Today Part 2 by Drip So Pretty. I love Drip So Pretty, and I feel like he has been able to again, give me and this podcast material that I have no problem championing and really telling you guys that you should go out of your way to hear. But just th- this song, it doesn't do anything for him. I-, I feel like it is definitely his weakest song to date. And I am not really a fan of the trajectory that he has been displaying lately. And then there was the song Losers by Arya. I think that's how you say his name. Um, I would imagine that almost anybody listening to this show right now knows about this song because it kind of blew up on TikTok and Twitter the last couple weeks. Um, it's the song where the guy's just like playing a guitar, looking at the camera. He's like, um, I miss my ex and she's a bitch and uh, I'm in Spain without the S. Just w- what are you doing, big dog? Are, are you unironically saying Spain without the S in a track? Like, really? That's crazy. Uh yeah, I, I think instrumentally the song is fine, but lyrically it is a, a two-pack of ass. And that's going to wrap up the discussion for singles, and now I'm going to go ahead and move into records. And there were three for me to get through, two EPs and one album. I'm going to go ahead and start off with the album, and that is Every Ending by Body Thief. This being the first record of the year for myself to review, I'm not mad about it because ultimately I do think that Every Ending is a pretty good album, just to kind of get that out of the way. I think where maybe a little bit of the disconnect comes from between myself and Every Ending is within the just overall like um, deconstructing of Swancore over the last few years, I guess is one way to put it. And when I say deconstructing, I don't necessarily mean because of what has happened in the last uh, year or so with Swancore and the uh, the prevailing ban in it. You guys should hopefully understand what I'm trying to say. Um, it doesn't really even have anything to do with that. Like, certainly that doesn't help. But as a genre, I believe Swancore has become very formulaic and overexposed recently. Um I haven't really been like super attached to a Swancore release since the Wolf and Bear album back in 2017. And even then, like, I don't really feel like the genre has been able to be like this needle mover of sorts. And that is, you know, I, I definitely saw it coming because I feel like Swancore bands are very much so chasing after a certain sound and a certain style without really trying to vary that uh, perspective too much. 
And to me, that's a shame because I can hear bands like Dwellings who had a, a really good shot at doing something innovative and then maybe it just kind of fell flat in some regards. Um, with every ending by Body Thief, I think Body Thief definitely had a chance and in some areas they succeed. And then in some, I feel like the album really just falls into the same swan court tropes as before. So what I will say right now is that Body Thief is not a band that I was like super knowledgeable about before every ending. And I'm still really not. I, I am trying to still like become well versed in the discography of Body Thief because I think that they have some really good material on Speaking Hibernation and Travel Glow. Um, the song Greater Sun, which is off of Speaking Hibernation from 2015, uh, if, if I had heard that song back then, I would not have shut the fuck up about it, and I would be hailing it as one of the greatest Swancore songs ever, because it really, really might be, in my opinion. So, like, immediately, that does kind of not bode well for my thoughts toward every ending, when I already believe that uh, the prior two albums by Body Thief are better than this. But I didn't want to, like, really hammer that into my head. I wanted to be open-minded and appreciate every ending for what it is. And what it is, ultimately, is a pretty good Swancore album. Not great, not generational. I've definitely been higher on the genre than I am right now. But this is still not a bad endeavor by the band. I think the album starts off on two of its best notes with the songs, Exit Wound and Ego Displacement. I think Exit Wounds is... This really good glimpse into how Body Thief can sound when they're really hooping and when they really have everything set in place when it comes to the range of talent within the band. Um, like the chorus itself is just like so vibrant and catchy. And I feel like Ego Displacement kind of shows similarities in that regard while still providing this area of versatility in terms of just like really branching out the like swan court tropes and being something a little bit more defined to just this band once you get past that i think you do kind of see a stretch where there are some things that i don't want to say they go wrong but they definitely don't go as well as they could have so with like makeshift vehicles and uh dead hearts i can sense like the band having an idea when it comes to delivering something slower within the Swan Core realm. And again, it's not like not well executed. It's just not super in alignment with what I've heard from this band that I think is really, really remarkable. And something that I will acknowledge is that my gripes with the album probably do come from an element of being like very tired of Swan Core by this point. So if you are somebody who is just getting into the genre and this is like one of your first albums for Swan Core, you're probably going to be blown away. I think you will really be mesmerized by what the genre brings. But for somebody like myself, without sounding like super elitist or prickish or anything like that, I've heard a lot of what songs like Stimuli and Our, Our Love bring and what they try to do. And I've heard bands execute it better, I think. So that is definitely where some of the disconnect comes from. But in that same vein... The closing song, Phantom Worship, is something that I genuinely, like, find unbelievable, even after having heard it fucking 10, 15, 20, 30, whatever amount of times it's been that I've listened to this song since I first uh, got through every ending. I think Phantom Worship is, like, a top 10 Swancore song of, at the very least, the last decade. It has everything that I wish for the genre to be, and it finds fluidity in every sector that makes 
swan core what it is when it's like really really reaching that upper echelon so i i think this song it can find comfort in the heavier tones of the genre and the softer tones uh, and that middle ground too like it sounds explosive while still being calm and mellow phantom warship is like very early on into the year a contender for closer of the year in my opinion like this is genuinely a fucking masterful song by body thief and if the album had found more ground within this kind of a song i would definitely be higher on it but again i kind of feel like maybe the album faulting at points is what helps phantom worship really stand out like this song is genuinely fucking amazing in my opinion and it was a great way to close out every ending and Again, I don't think this is a bad record by any means. I think it's good. It's just not really something that I'm probably going to return to it often outside of like Exit Wound and Phantom Warship. And when it comes to the Swan Core genre, it doesn't revitalize my interest in it. It doesn't really make me more excited for what any other band within the genre can do this year. But at the very least, it's an album that I had fun with. And ultimately, fun is really what you should be striving for when it comes to finding enjoyment and solace in music. We got a brand new EP out by Pale Skin. It is titled Honey Poison. In some regards, I'm probably still new to Pale Skin. I discovered them almost two years ago off of the song Letters, which featured Kellen Quinn. And I was like kind of ecstatic about that being my introduction to the band because I think Letters is an amazing song and probably still my favorite thing that Pale Skin have done. I did go to their 2021 album after that, Joy's Temporary Pain is Constant, which is an album that I probably was a little bit let down by considering how much I like Letters. But what I could at least sense was the potential of the band and how cool they sound stylistically and artistically like there really aren't many acts that i could compare pale skin to and that is easily something that like really helps their case for being a standout young band i think once you get into honey poison it's pretty evident like who inspires this band and what acts they look at for uh defining their own style per se because from the opening song see me again I immediately had my mind drawn to bands like Deftones, Loathe, and Mood Ring, so that sort of style of music, that is absolutely what Honey Poison is grounded in, but I feel like there is a, a lot of like intricate details that are only associated with Pale Skin and not any of the bands I just mentioned, so that is something that Pale Skin have already been able to accomplish when it comes to allowing their sound to be really unique to themselves. Um, and what I said about See Me Again, like, it's able to deliver something catchy and just downbeat nature, and I think that is something that can be applied to much of what is going on here. Um, especially Static Patterns. That song reminds me a lot of Screaming by Loathe, just the way that it's laid out, the way that it kind of delivers its ideas but it is something that ha had no trouble whatsoever captivating me and static patterns maybe my favorite song of the ep is just th this really big home run for pale skin uh the song everything has a great slow verse that makes the chorus uh like seem 
that much more emphatic in ex- explosion. I-, I think the same thing happens with the Tau Trek at the end, Honey Poison. And those moments are where I can sense Pale Skin having this comfortability in their sound that a band with their tenure really, really needs to have at this point. Um, Into has this really emotional chorus, I think, is one of the like highlight moments on the entire EP, and it's something that is able to let me understand more about the identities within Pale Skin and how they have a, a sound that it doesn't have to be bound to just like one box. Like Pale Skin can kind of do whatever it is they feel like, and I have that confidence in them already to be able to deliver on all those fronts. What Honey Poison is kind of able to do in the end is not really make Pale Skin one of the best bands in the scene right now, but it acts as this like launching pad and a stepping stone for me to be able to fully envision Pale Skin to one day have that sort of a title. They have a good bass sound and I really want the trajectory of this band to be positive and one of an upward trend. And as long as they can remain consistent and just kind of expand on these ideas, I don't see why Pale Skin could not be a band that is on everybody's minds sooner than later. And for the third and final record for this episode, I am talking about Cabin Fever, the new EP out by Mayfield. I started the Mayfield agenda in 2022, and because of this EP, I am able to fully embrace it in 2023, and to me, that is pretty fucking beast, because Mayfield is a band that they've been making all the right moves, they've been putting in the effort to get better, and I I cannot thank them enough for being able to do that and have that vision. When I first came across this band in 2019 off of the album Careless Love, I could hear potential and like glimpses of hope in within them. What I will also say is that Careless Love to me was a post-hardcore album that really left a lot to be desired. And it's definitely not a bad album, but it didn't really stand out. But again, I understood that there was something in this band that if they tapped into that element further and really found a way to make their material stand out, they could be golden, and I think that ever since they dropped Right Where You Want Me last year in April, golden is all that they've been able to achieve. That song, Right Where You Want Me, it was, I believe, 13th on the Top 100 Songs list for 2022, and if anything, maybe it gets higher. Like, having been able to be, like, re-shown my love for that song through Cabin Fever, and maybe have that love just blossom even further. Right Where You Want Me is the best Mayfield song made thus far, and it is a song that, you know, I feel like bands have chased that kind of a sound before that mixes, like, post-hardcore with pop-punk, and not many of them have been able to leave the mark on me that Right Where You Want Me did. After that is a song, It's Not Easy, featuring Ian Fike, and I do remember talking about It's Not Easy back in Season 2, but I didn't necessarily have it on a pedestal, and I didn't necessarily uh, like raise my voice about that song the way that I did Right Where You Want Me, and 
having been able to, like, be reminded about this song through Cabin Fever, that was my fault. I fucked up there. It's not easy. Easily could have been a top 100 song, and it's easily a song that I could have shown more appreciation to and really try harder to push out there to you guys, and I didn't do that, and I don't understand why, because It's Not Easy is an amazing fucking song, and everything about it clicks, and it's a further... A uh, case about Mayfield being one of the best bands in the world right now. Um, there's a song, Kerosene, which has like these slower verses that kind of embrace the 90s inspired instrumentation around it. And that leads to a perfect chorus. And I, I think that kind of brings me to a point about Mayfield on this EP where they found a way to just nail choruses. Like everything here is infectious and catchy and has this rhythmic sense that just infiltrates my brain. And once it's there, absolutely nothing can be done to remove it. And to me, that's a example of a band just understanding who they are and knowing what to do. Uh, the song Simulated, it further leans into that like 2000s post-hardcore navigation with a style that is accessible to the masses and when I really thought about like okay who could potentially be inspiring the style of Mayfield I'm not directly saying these two bands did that but at least for myself this song reminded me of a mixture of Static Dress and older You Me at Six like on Sinners Never Sleep and to me, like, that is this perfect marriage that Mayfield have been able to take on in a way that nobody else around them could have. And then you get into the closing song, Nail in the Coffin, which is practically an emo hip-hop track. Like, there is almost nothing similar about Nail in the Coffin to anything else on Cabin Fever, yet it is able to find a home very comfortably like these ideas for being so radical in comparison to it's not easy or right where you want me it is still inherently mayfield and for what i view to be a fact when it comes to how well the band can show this versatile range like where did this come from like mayfield they almost shouldn't be this good right now but they are and I'm immensely grateful for that because, you know, already a week into the new year, I have an EP that I feel very comfortable in calling one of the best of the year. Like this, I don't see a way that this doesn't end up being one of the most fucking elite and coolest releases in terms of EPs that I get to listen to for all of season three because Mayfield ensured that this would not be anything else. They put in the work, they put in the effort, they put in the time, and they fucking mastered their craft. They mastered this sound, and there's very few ways I can really emphasize to you guys just how much I am into Cabin Fever and how much I think Mayfield have been able to branch out and find this range within them that, again, I kind of knew was there off of Careless Love, but I just didn't really see the vision in terms of how they were going to pull it off. And for them to find it through Cabin Fever... That is fucking excellent, and this EP in general, just a masterclass all around at how to do this shit. And that's it. That was every single and album and EP from the last three weeks or so for me to go over, and I feel pretty good about season three, coming out of season two, and how well-received the year-end stuff was, and how many people have shown that they're tapped into what I'm doing, like... I say this a lot, but like 
you guys really don't understand just how much it means to me that people actually give a fuck about what I'm doing because I didn't think that would at all be possible. You know, next month is two years since I started doing podcasts and to know like what the journey has been like to get from that moment where I was stuck inside because of a snowstorm and all I had to record on was this shitty little microphone I bought on Amazon for like $15. I... I want to be proud of this. I want to find pride in what I'm doing because, again, it's been a tumultuous journey. Like, I don't think you guys really have the full scope of what I've had to go through to make it this far and what I think I will have to go through additionally to get even further. But I want to put in the work. I want to do the work. I want to make this work. So let's fucking work. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please stay tapped in for the rest of the year. It would mean a lot to me. And for the love of the game, let's make a scene.